0: Hi, I'm Stephanie Ma from World Martial Arts Media, and today I'm here to tell you about LegacyBelts.com. Legacy Championship Belts and Awards is the world's premier manufacturer of custom and cast championship title belts who supplies belts to the top professional boxing, MMA, and wrestling organizations on the planet. If you're a promoter or collector looking for high-quality MMA, martial arts, boxing, Wrestling belt, or even a belt for a special event, then you need to visit legacybelts.com today. Be sure to like us at www.facebook.com/legacybelts.
1: Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Justin Harvey Show. Yeah. Hi, this is Bruce Hart of the Hart Foundation, brother Brother Hitman Hart and the late great Owen Hart. And you're listening to my good buddy Justin Ray Harvey. Hope you're enjoying the show and all the best to all the fans out there.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Harvey here on the Justin Harvey Show with a special WrestleMania edition of the show. I don't normally do uh, weekend shows, and this is actually the um, first episode of um, PWF Wrestling, and I'm actually going to be their commissioner as Commissioner Harvey. And uh, I thought the best way to uh, to start this new brand. In conjunction with the Justin Harvey Show, I have my good friend uh, Bruce Hart of the Hart family on the phone with me tonight. Welcome,
1: Bruce. Well, uh, nice to be back, Justin. Thank you for having me.
2: It's an honor to have you. How you been?
1: Oh, not bad. I just, uh, just got off the uh, radio I was doing a- a special interview on on Wrestlemania with President of the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame Cowboy Johnny Mantell and Bruiser Brody's wife Barbara Goodish so, had a nice uh, chat with them and, uh, and it's nice to be uh, back with you Justin uh, you know, day before Wrestlemania and kind of uh, going over the card and some of the uh, opinions and perspectives on that, so it should be fun. Oh,
2: absolutely, Bruce, and I wanted, you know, I wanted to uh, first start off and say that I am very highly disappointed that, yet again, Owen Hart is not in the Hall of Fame again this year, so I was really hoping that it would have been this year.
1: Yeah, as I said before, you know, I uh, wrote on my online call them heart murmurs a couple of weeks back about and my disappointment with the Hall of Fame and the uh fact that Owen and my brother in law Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog and uh my good friend the dynamite kid, among others are uh not in the Hall of Fame yet. Uh, they've seen to seem fit to uh induct you know, people like you know, Jimmy Gorbin and Snoop Dogg and Jacqueline and uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: people like that, that, no offense to them, but they're certainly not anywhere near as deserving of Hall of Fame, you know, candidacy as uh, Owen or the Bulldogs or other guys like that. So I think it almost makes WWF look bad. Mhm, mm-hmm. I, I, the uh, other guys you know
2: mhm i to- I totally agree, and I want with with WrestleMania, you know a lot of people are you know this question is burning in their minds, and I wanna go ahead and start with this this evening. um, what do you think about <laughs> Shane McMahon against the undertaker i mean in in my opinion, Bruce, I think that they could have done they could have done better with setting up a match for The Undertaker. What's your thoughts on
1: that? For me, you know, uh, whenever you do something, you should have a pretty good reason for whatever you're doing. And uh, the whole thing seems to be convoluted where you have Shane fighting with another face, the Undertaker, that he has no pre-existing issues with whatsoever, you know, so... Mm Mm-hmm. The uh, conflict is between, as it's supposed apparently is with Shane and Stephanie and Hunter and Vince. Then, by that token, you may as well have just had Shane fight Triple H. Like if you know that's where all the uh, conflict and the issue is. Like Undertaker uh, doesn't really have anything to do with it. You know so all so well and good. I think it's nice like I'm a fan and a friend of Mark Calloway, you know, Undertaker. He's a pretty decent person and uh, mm-hmm. certainly paid his dues and all of that, but um, at the same time, you know, the whole match makes no sense. You know why you have two faces that have no issues with each other, Shane and Taker, and you have Stephanie and Vince and all this kind of, you know, kind of negative, you know, rhetoric about uh, Vince and Hunter and Stephanie putting Shane down and Shane accusing them of ruining the business and blah blah blah. Yeah. So, so you, you know, I, I say, well, why don't you just have Shane fight, you know, uh, Hunter or whatever, and you know, those are the two that. Are at odds with each other, like what's Undertaker got to do with it, you know? And mm-hmm. it's, you know, So that's it's my take on it. I, I believe that uh, Undertaker, you know, from what I hear, it's probably his farewell. But um, it would have been better, my estimation, to have Taker go out with somebody that he had some issues with. Or, yeah, yeah. Something, you know, I don't know. The whole, yeah. for me, the whole card has got all kinds of major flaws. You know, you got, to me, way too many matches that are uh, gimmick matches. Like, you know, they have this more is better mindset, but it isn't, you know. Yeah. If, if I was, you know, a big wrestling fan it would be enough to attract me to see the one main event, like, say, Roman and Triple H or, uh, you know, maybe uh, Kevin Owens and that match or something. when I'm getting uh, that match and I'm getting the seven-man elimination ladder match with Kevin Owens and that bunch and Hell in a Cell in the Cage and Triple Threat Divas match and another 10-man Divas match and another hardcore match with the Usos and the Dudleys and, you know, uh, AJ Styles and Chris Jericho. <laughs> it's like yeah. Way, to me, way too much overkill, and I almost to the point where uh, it detracts from, uh, like, if I was a wrestling fan, I'd almost be going, man, that's too much. I... Uh, You know, I can only digest so much, you know, and uh, the problem is you get too many of these guys and they're going to be all, you know, and you Mm -hmm. can't blame them for endeavoring to outdo each other, but after a while, you can only, after about the 100th, you know, chair shot or hitting the head with the kendo stick or, you know, uh, going through the table and all the other stuff, you know, it's almost like it starts desensitizing you to the point where you don't and can't react. Mm-hmm. You know, after about the 100th time, I hear a bunch of smart marks going, holy shit, whatever. <laughs> I uh, I almost got to the point where I, like, you know, I'm almost overdosed on the stuff to the point where it doesn't even matter, you know, and that's not a good way to be uh, doing it from what I've seen and my, you know, having been a booker and a wrestler you know you, Mm -hmm. you have to kind of you have to value what you're doing you know if you're cheapening your product then all you're doing is making it harder for yourself like if I see the undertaker give one tombstone pile driver and he pins a guy I'm probably likely to react, but if he gives Shane 20 and Shane keeps kicking out or something, as yeah. well, you know, I uh, get to the point where I don't even know what to react to, you know, if you shoot a guy and then he gets up and you shoot him again and after a well, while, you know, so many yeah. times. And, and it's kind of getting like that, you know. I saw the other day in the preview to this thing with Dean Ambrose and Brock, which I don't have great vibes about either, but... You know, I get see Brock give Dean maybe twenty suplexes, and Dean gets right <laughs> gets right up, and you know, uh, well, you know, I'm saying, well, maybe the suplexes aren't that yeah. devastating or or something. You know, I'll, you know, so everything is what you make of it, but you have to be, uh, you know, kind of consistent. You know, I I go back to the simple. Analogy of a Popeye cartoon: If Popeye gets the can of spinach and he does whatever to Pluto, and then Pluto jumps up and kicks Popeye in the in the gonads or something like that, and, so, yeah. and then after a while it's like you know, I, you know, I've been preconditioned to react to the can of spinach, but now that Pluto's made the comeback, maybe you know, what am I supposed to react to now? And I'm kind of like that with all of this, you know, you have all these, uh, you know, excessive, uh, means of making you react and you get to the point where, you know, you almost become kind of insensitive to the whole thing, you know, because, uh, everything is kind of a perversion of the preconditioning, which is unfortunate, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's something that the WWE should be, uh. You know they should be giving more thought to how they do these things, rather than just you know kind of going to great lengths to overstate everything. You know, like I, you know if you've been a wrestling fan for many years, but I know back in the day, if you had one extreme rules match in the car, that would be it, and that would be the. The yeah. main event and the centerpiece and the uh thing that everyone was kinda looking forward to, you know, reacting to but you know, as I said before, you got world titles, you got ladders, you got uh hell in the cells, you got street fights, you got no D Q hardcore matches, you had triple threat divas matches, you had ten man divas matches, you had ten man you know, the uh, woman, ten woman divas match and you got a hardcore tag team match and you know and um, it it, to me is over way way too much overkill and the part that's also problematic is that they don't have that much else like you put all your eggs in that one basket but a month from now there's they're going to have already kind of seen all those matches so a match that yeah. should be, like, for me, I would have saved, say, Jericho and, uh, AJ for the next pay per view instead of having it kind of buried in the undercard on this show, you know, or uh, I would have saved the Usos and the, uh, the Dudleys, or I would have saved the Ten Man Diva Fest, or I would have put, uh, Dean Ambrose and Brock, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a big, uh, confrontation at the next you know, kind of in your house pay-per-view or something like, you give them all on the same card, and there's, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, there's not that much else that's brewing on the horizon. That's You know, I'd far rather rather see some of those matches for the first time a month or two from now, rather than seeing them as kind of encore performances. You know, it's like, well, I already saw... and Sami Zayn on WrestleMania. This is kind of a rematch where I saw AJ and Chris Jericho or I saw Charlotte and um, Becky Lynch or something like that. That's sort of what I'm saying. Those matches have almost been demeaned because if you try to market them as main events down the road... Everyone's gonna say, Well, that was just kinda like one of the preliminary matches at WrestleMania, so it's no big deal. You know, it's almost like uh who cares <laughs> you know, well, yeah. back in Tallisto, you know, it was the opening match or it was not even on the it was on the uh, pre card or something like that, so you know, uh you know, now you're expecting me to buy it as a a main event, but they should know better than that. You know, you have to, uh, you have to kind of uh, spread things out and that's part of what booking is all about is kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, not using all your ammunition on any one card. You have to keep kind of uh, saving it for the next time and the next time and the next time. So, you know, it it means something because Unfortunate part of it right now is there's, aside from what's on WrestleMania, there's not that much Mm -hmm. else in reserves. Like, uh, after WrestleMania, it's not like uh, something that you and I know. Like, uh, there's, uh, you know, this guy and that guy, you know, are going to be the big thing after uh, both the only guys that might be maybe this return of Seth Rollins, but that's, you know, uh, that's about it, you know, if you can call Randy Orton, maybe something new, because I'm not sure if he's on the card or not, I'm not sure if he's been injured or
2: suspended yeah. or,
1: or what, but uh, aside from that, there's not any real hot issues that I know of that are kind of, people are clamoring to see, you know, it's kind of like they're. Using all their ammunition for this one thing. And as I said before, it would have been better for this card to have half as many matches, but make those matches better. You know, if, see, if you got uh, 10, 12 matches that are all trying to uh, be the uh, showstopper, or whatever it's Chris Jericho used to say then. Then, you know, by the end of the card, you've almost kind of exhausted the people's attention span and their emotional ability mm-hmm. to, you know, get into it and all. Because, you know, and so, you know, having said that, I would have, uh, I probably would have put aside half of those matches and then put the five, say, so you did ultimately decide you wanted to have Shane and take her and you wanted to have, uh, Roman and Hunter and you maybe wanted to have uh, AJ and Chris Jericho and a Divas match and maybe a tag, then you could have uh, made those matches, you know, made those matches longer and put more into them, but given that there's 12 or whatever many matches, you know, those ma- all those matches are going to have to cut their time in half and Go through, you know, kind of a high spot fest and shove it down people's throats, which, to me, is compromising the quality of what you're endeavoring to give to people. It's like, it's like shoving a bunch of food down people's throats yeah. at a restaurant, and then also saying, well, because we have to uh, shove all this food down the throats, we can't cook it long enough and we can't uh serve it properly we're just gonna you know and that's what it's kind of like here you know like all those matches like say i think for example jericho and aj styles is a match that's probably those guys are good enough workers i think it'd probably work 30 minutes and you know build to a climax and all but because they're you know uh Rushed for time and they got 12 other matches or something.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I'd say most yeah. of those matches are going to be shortened to the point where like five or six minutes and get in and get out. Well, that doesn't do justice to a Chris Jericho or an AJ Styles because they don't work that style, you know. So, you know, I think that's going to be part of the problem. You know, you start looking at all those matches on the card. If if you actually let them go out and do justice to what they're capable of, then the card's going to go about five hours, you know, because yeah. uh, Dean and Brock need to build up to a climax, and AJ and Jericho need to, and uh, you know the, the Dudleys and the Usos and the Ten Men, Diva, whatever the heck that is, you know, and uh, you know, and Roman and. Uh, you know, Triple H are not real fast, dynamic styles either, so they're going to have to build. You know, but, you know, at, at that point, you can't do that because you have so much. So, you know, at some point, you're compromising. But as I said before, I think they would have been better off having uh, half as many matches, but make those matches, choices. Good as they're likely to be, you know, and instead I'm likely to see ten or twelve matches that are uh unfortunately all high spot fests and uh using all the uh you know i don't I don't see it as a reasonable compensation for uh wrestling or you're pulling out chainsaws and chairs and tables and ladders and, la- and uh kendo sticks and like that you know. I've said that a long time, like any non wrestling idiot on the street can hit somebody on the head with a sledgehammer or shoot somebody or hit them on the stick or you know it's not wrestling, so you know uh you don't be, uh do so much of that before it starts you know becoming kind of tired and unfortunately uh see that kind of uh likely to happen here.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, would you would you say, like, speaking of Taker, it, if this is Taker's last hurrah, so to speak, I will be very disappointed because many, many fans have wanted Taker versus Sting for many years, and I think I think it's a big mistake on WWE's part not making that happen. What's your thoughts on that, Bruce?
1: I think it would have made. a lot more sense than Shane and Taker like you know we were saying before uh, there's no issues between Shane and Taker that I know of yeah there's nobody nobody that I know of was clamoring to see Shane and Taker <laughs> go at it at rest, you know correct me if I'm wrong And you know I uh, I certainly wasn't like wow you know and so I think you know uh, they would have you know, they should should be taking those things into consideration. And I'm not a huge fan of making all these stipulations, like uh, I'm going to do this if I lose and stuff like that, because in its own inadvertent way, it's almost a tip-off to the finish, Mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. If you're making these stipulations and the next step for the most fans is to kind of uh, deduce, well, I guess Shane has to go over because uh, we know that he's not going to be permanently out of the picture type thing or, you know, and sometimes you're better off not, you know, kind of almost giving the people a tip off as to what the finish is going to be because, some of those stipulations almost tend to do that, where you're, you know, I'm going to do this if I lose. So you sort of say, well, I know he's not going to do that, so I guess he's going over, you know, type thing.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: But, yeah, I I I hope Taker goes out on his terms, you know, and he's certainly been a very uh, respected and, you know, uh, Iconic person in the wrestling history, you know, and uh, I think they hopefully let him have some input into how that transpires or whatever, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I I hope, you know, uh, as, as I said on my online blog, I, I hope, they, uh, hope they work within their means, you know, like chain isn't. Isn't really a wrestler, you know. He does some high spots and stuff, but and takers not a not really much of a bump taker, you know. It's, yeah. His style's been kind of this indestructible uh, kind of uh, monster type. So that doesn't, uh, on paper, make for a very good, you know, combination, so to speak. You know, he got a guy who doesn't take bumps and a guy who doesn't you know uh too much either so you know and uh, uh, neither one i like think shane isn't much of a brawler and yeah know, that's if they're, just, if they're just hitting each other with sticks and you know you know i've, I've been i've become so kind of jaded or tired of seeing the timekeepers table getting smashed and uh you know, and the tables being pulled out from under the ring, and the chairs, and the ladders, and the and and you can bet you're going to see all that in so many of the other matches, like the, uh, the Kevin Owens match, and the Dudley's match, and maybe the Divas match, and uh, Brock and Dean match. And, you know, so if if Taker and Shane are gonna, if they're planning on doing any of that, you know. Uh, they need, they frankly need to tell all the other guys to not do that, and I'm sure that won't be happening. Like, you know, especially when that's all the D- Dudleys do is that type of stuff. That's all Kevin Owens and all those guys are going to be doing in the ladder matches, or you know, that's all uh, Roman and Triple H are going to be doing with you know their uh, sledgehammers and sticks. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> all yeah. the
1: other, you know, so. so you have to con- take those things into consideration when you're booking these cards, you know, that you don't have what they, how we used to refer to as uh gap and overlap where you've got uh, nothing but high spots and, you know, holy shit and all that stupid stuff, you know, because uh, yeah. people can only digest so much of that, you know. As and, 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 so I said before, you you give a guy a big move one time and you pin him and people react, but you do a hundred big moves and you don't even get a one count after a while and it's almost like uh I guess you know, I shouldn't react to any of this, you know, you get desensitized and Yeah. You know, I you should never lose sight of the fact that the fans are ultimately the uh people that you need to be engaging in Making feel like they have a very pronounced part of it. You know that's what it's all about. But uh, just some of this indicates to me that they've lost sight of that, or they seem to have forgotten that, which is uh, you know hard to fathom when that should be your ultimate consideration. Anytime you ever book a damn card is uh, how you're gonna sustain and engage the, the fans.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just to switch gears just for a second, Bruce, uh, what have you been into these days? Are you still teaching and stuff, or what have you been doing with yourself these days?
1: Um, I'm still uh, teaching school here up in Canada, and I, uh, I've i been doing uh, the Heart Murmurs online wrestling column and the Heartbeat Radio. I, I just finished... Uh, that uh, about an hour before I came on with you, I was on with a bunch of the uh, people that are down at WrestleMania, like Bruiser Brody's wife and um, Johnny Mantel, the president of the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, and mm-hmm. a bunch of that. So we we're just discussing some of those things, and I know next week we have a really interesting, uh, I like, you know conversation with some of these old school legends, including uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of him. He was an old school legend from back in the 50s, 60s and 70s, uh, a guy named Don Leo Jonathan. I've, I've heard of him. I'm not very familiar with him, but I've heard of him. So. Yeah, I'm on with him and uh, another old school legend who was the WWWF champion back in the 70s named Ivan Koloff. Now, I I know of him. Yes, I know of Ivan Koloff. And, yes. and Don Leo Jonathan has been wrestling since the late 1940s, and he was, uh, in fact, I guess with Vince McMahon's grandfather, Jess McMahon, when he passed away in uh, 1952.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So he's certainly got a long and proud history in the wrestling business, and Ivan Koloff and I think the president of the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame is on with us, uh, Johnny Mantell, and then another familiar face, and Hillbilly Jim. So we'll be kind of just dis- discussing WrestleMania and the uh, and maybe some of the old school f- stories with Don Leo and Ivan Koloff. Uh, and you know, I, th- I think uh, as I said before, the. the- WWE needs to, you know, remember and uh, keep that in mind, you know, know, revisiting the uh, legends of the past and what wrestling was back in the day, and um, sometimes they seem to have lost sight of that, which has compromised their product quite a bit, I believe. Mm
2: -hmm. And are you
1: still doing um, your wrestling company spin? And
2: Peters thing, or how's that going?
1: <laughs> yeah, we're <clears throat> excuse me, we're still uh, training quite a few guys up here, and uh, I know my uh, my sons have been doing quite a bit, and I'll have to have my son, Tori, uh, just talking to him about you, Justin, maybe he could come on your show sometime and Tell you what it's like to train and what, you know. He's trained quite a bit with my other uh, nephew who was in the WWE and is actually quite talented, uh, David Hart Smith.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our,
1: <clears throat> his real name is Harry, but uh, they called him David Hart Smith. But, but yeah, he's a really good up and coming prospect and has kind of got an old school. Uh, attitude, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like similar to Owen and uh, Dynamite and Pillman and those guys, you know.
2: Yeah, that's what I love about the network. You can go back to the old days of wrestling and watch the old matches of, you know, the Hart family and, you know, the good old days.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've said it many a time before Justin, but I think they... And the biggest problem, I find, is, is a misconception where you say old school and they mm-hmm. tend to think you're talking about, you know, kind of boring or, you know, old, old trunks and black shoes everyone's wearing and all of that. But uh, old school is more just, you know, making it look real and uh, engaging the fans and, uh, you know treating wrestling like the main, like it's the main thing, not uh, all the other uh, non-wrestling elements like talking and costumes and lights and smoke and mirrors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. uh, I I certainly know most of the old school guys that I was involved in training. uh, They're among the most respected and... um, most highly regarded guys in the history of the business. You know, people like Brett and Owen and Dynamite and Davey and Benoit and Pillman and guys like that. You know, those are old school guys. And so, you know, I think Mm -hmm. there needs to be more people like that. You know, a lot of other guys that I know that I held in that same high regard. Like, I think Shawn Michaels was pretty, old school and uh, you know, I think AJ Styles is old school, you know, hopefully he'll get a chance to uh, you know, to let him do what he's really capable of and some of the Japanese guys I uh, hear good things about, you know like Nakamura and uh, some of them, you know I hope they uh, you know, so hopefully they'll, uh, they'll be given an opportunity to show what they're capable of you know if that was the case it would be good for the business you know the business needs to kind of regain some of its own respectability and it needs to reestablish and redefine what it actually is endeavoring to be you know and I think that's part of the problem they don't have any clear idea certainly based on even what Wrestlemania yeah. If they had a clear idea of what they were actually endeavoring to be, then half of those matches would not be on the card. <laughs> that's, that's the best way to put it.
2: Yeah, uh, exactly. It's it's so like what they are they, they going to do when
1: yeah? It's like what are they going
2: to do when they actually quit, You know? It's like what yeah. are they going to do?
1: Well, you know? Yeah. One of the biggest indications to me that is a cause for concern is that. Um, it invariably seems like people are clamoring for these you know, the rock or Sean or Mick Foley or you know, uh Sting and guys like that and, <laughs> and it's you know, flattering to them but at the same time it unfortunately doesn't say very much about what's up and coming and, you know, like uh you know it's kinda of like uh the past is better than the future which is not the way it's supposed to be you know so yeah so, yeah but they need to re-examine their whole approach i believe and then i'm not sure if they're capable of that or if they if they do re-examine they actually have to uh, go back to square one and kind of re-sow the seeds at the grassroots and it's not an, not an overnight process. It's kind of uh, ultimately redefining what what they how they want wrestling to be perceived and and reeducating mm-hmm. uh, the wrestlers. You, you you got a bunch of wrestlers right now. I respect them because they're trying hard and they're. I think they have some passion. Some of them are just ass kissers and have no business being in there, but most of them, I think, have some passion, but they, uh, they haven't been taught very well, and, uh, you know, they're endeavoring to, accommodate people in the office, uh, and in a lot of cases don't have a clue what wrestling is either, you know, these so-called script writers and story writers, and, like, at some point, you need everyone to be on the same page, and, um, one of the biggest problems, you know, it's like a red alert, <laughs> if yeah, yeah. you know anything about the wrestling business, when you hear there's more than one writer
0: <laughs> for yeah.
1: WrestleMania or something like, something egregiously wrong with that, like, it doesn't matter whether Titanic or, you know, Avatar was 10 hours long or whatever, you yeah. still just have one, one writer, one director or whatever, and... For that reason, you know, you know what it is, and you know, you know, they go in whatever direction they want. But when you have four or five, if you had, if you had half, half a dozen coaches coaching the New England Patriots <laughs> during the Super Bowl game or something like that, you know, it would be uh, a recipe for, for disaster. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm constantly puzzled is it, you know, like I booked out here for years, and I. I never had any second or third or fourth five people contributing. Maybe have some people give you suggestions and stuff, but ultimately you have to just have one person cooking the meal. And if uh, you have other people cooking the meal for one match and all the other, then, you know, you're inviting, you know, kind of uh, disaster with you having... You know, finishes that contradict each other, and you got uh, high spots in every match, and you got uh, preliminary matches uh, pulling out chainsaws and stuff. You know, it kind of, uh, you know, uh, in no other sport would or anything would you be doing that if you were at a rock concert and you had, you know, the opening act at the Rolling Stones stopping on baby chicks and pulling out chainsaws and setting fire to the stage and stuff. You know, somebody would fire them, you know. Like, You know, at some point, you need to... You know, one head needs to know what the other is doing type thing, you know. But.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so do you think that the big show is about then with his career? Or what's your thoughts on that? Um,
1: as I said, you know, I... You know, I taking it one step further back with the Andre the Giant Battle Royal I I think it's in its own way it's almost an insult to Andre because the Battle Royal now with Andre the Giant thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's become just the dumping ground for all the leftovers the jobbers, the guys that they've reduced to uh, the undercard, the guys who are you know, uh on the downhill slide or you know or they don't have any dancing partners and you know, so in its own way that's more of an insult to andre than it is a compliment and they may as well you know like if you're going to have a battle royal in andre's name or whatever you may as well have a whole card you may as well call it the andre the giant royal rumble or you know, have all the big stars in it. Well, you have Hunter and you got Roman and you got Ambrose and Seth. And
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then they're vying for this big prize, like the Master's Golf Tournament or something. When you have all the leftovers and the guys that, you know, they couldn't fight an opponent for. you know, it's the opening match on the card, you know, it's complete. Nonsense to have a battle royal as the opening match in the card, you know. It's like uh, <laughs> you know, complete antithesis of what what it's supposed to be about. So um, it's almost become more of a, a negative stigma, you know. It's like the uh, team that par- plays the Harlem Globetrotters or whatever, you know. It's like, who cares, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. Unfortunately, that's that's pretty much what that Andre the Giant Battle Royal you know has unfortunately become you know so um, I suppose it's probably predictable that Big Show might win although you know there's a few guys you know that I'd like to see maybe win just because they've been used so poorly it'd be nice to see them get a little bit of a, a break maybe like Curtis Axel or you know some of those guys that might uh, deserve a little bit better treatment. You know, but
2: yeah, I would actually love to see you back in a WWE ring.
1: Yeah, I think I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, so, but yeah, I uh, I just hope they uh, go easy on the for want of a better term on the bullshit you know I hope they don't overdose it with chainsaws and sledgehammers and chairs and ladders and tables and kendo sticks and uh, kits and ass (laughs) all of that you know like almost the point where the wrestling becomes inconsequential compared to the uh, the high spots and uh, yeah Props and the gimmicks and the interviews and the swerve finishes and the run-ins and the blah blah blah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, and they need to really uh, keep that in mind. You know, but I'm not sure if they will. Yeah,
2: yeah, and, and Bruce, I wanted to tell you real quickly. After two years of rejection. Uh, this very show is now on iHeartRadio, Radio, which is one of the biggest platforms that any podcast or radio show can be on. So i'm, I'm very uh, i'm very proud of that. So this will be on iHeartRadio Radio when released.
1: Um, that sounds great, uh, Justin. Uh, maybe you can spell that out for our listeners, uh, maybe they can you know. Uh, i Heart radio is that what it's called
2: uh yes sir i Heart radio it's i h e r t radio it's one of the biggest platforms that any show can be on they don't take any they don't take just any podcast you have to meet certain requirements and you have to have good content so.
1: well that's great i it's uh, certainly a uh, Testimonial to your hard work and and your passion and dedication. So I'm uh, happy to hear that. And uh, as I said before, any time uh, you want me or maybe one of my brothers or something like that, mm-hmm. um, feel free to call me. And uh, happy to come back again, Justin. Oh.
2: I, absolutely, because I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Bruce. Me and you need to do something at least once a month, so we can keep up with what you're doing with your podcast, with your wrestling promotion. I mean, everything, and because you know me, Bruce, I'm a big fan of the Hart family too. So.
1: Yeah, and, and a big friend of the wrestling business too, Justin. Your heart is in the right place, so I certainly. Uh, I respect and uh, admire your contribution, and you know you're certainly a testimonial to uh, a person who's overcome you know, a lot of adversity and uh, has a great attitude and a great, uh, you know, drive. And you know, you've overcome a lot, and you've certainly uh, been a great role model to a lot of other people.
2: So well, I, I just want to be treated like I just try to treat people the way I would want to be treated. You know, I mean that's that's just how I roll, so to speak. And and uh, yeah, you know, it's it's a true honor to know you, and it's it's a true gift because, for example, I um I was uh, a couple couple months ago I saw Chris Jericho again, and I walked up to him and I said, you know, I said, how you doing, Chris? He says, I'm doing good, and. Uh, I said, uh, I wanted to tell you one of my buddies said hi and uh, he said, who's that? I said, uh, Bruce Hart of the Hart family and he just looked at me real shocked. He's like, how do you know Bruce? And I'm like, Bruce has appeared on my podcast for you know, a couple years now. So, and it was pretty cool telling Chris that.
1: So. Well, that's good and I, you know, I'm a genuinely nice guy, Chris. It's, uh, I'm not sure if he plays you know he plays different roles on tv to his credit as a he heel sometimes he makes people hate him and just means he's doing a good job but uh, yeah a genuinely nice guy chris I, uh, I have a lot of uh, respect for him you know and in and out of the ring you know mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so I'm glad he uh, I'm glad he was uh, nice and uh, lived up to what you were expecting Yeah, he
2: he was a really, really nice guy, and then I got to meet Nick Foley uh, last year, and he was a really, really nice guy, even even bought me dinner and everything, Bruce, I mean,
1: he was a really awesome guy, awesome, awesome guy. Uh, It's nice when you hear some of the guys, you know, uh, are nice guys and uh, decent persons and stuff like that, because... Unfortunately, all too often you hear the uh, opposite, you know, um, you know, guys that are perceived to be heroes and
2: yeah.
1: egomaniacs and jerks and not, don't have time for the fans and stuff like that. So I always, you know, it makes me feel good if I hear of one of the wrestlers, especially one that I've known or helped train or something,
2: and people... Mm-hmm
1: speak well of them, you know, I I sort of you know, makes me feel good that they've kind of not let it go to their heads so they've got their hearts in the right places, you know. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah,
1: definitely,
2: definitely. Yeah. And uh
1: and before I, I know that if if your show became like a, a huge worldwide phenomenon I I have no doubt you'd still be uh a genuinely nice, you know compassionate and caring person, you know, and that's, you know, kind of speaks well of your character and your upbringing.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly, Bruce, and I know you'll laugh at this, and, you know, I don't mean any disrespect by this, but uh, someone asked me the other day, they said, you're in the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame, what would you like next? And I said, I want to be in the WWE Hall of Fame.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you're certainly a lot more worthy than Quite a few of the people that are in it right now, so. yeah <laughs> so, so, uh, but yeah, you never know you know certainly uh any w w e Hall of fame nominating committee members out there listening uh keep Justin Ray Harvey in mind, absolutely we're from uh
2: before I let you go, Bruce, uh can you give us your final thoughts and I need to ask you something privately before after we go off air of course.
1: So Yeah. So. Well, I guess my private thoughts, you know, hope people enjoy the uh Hall of Fame inductions tonight and I hope WrestleMania does not disappoint. I hope it lives up to its potential and I'd just like to thank all the listeners for taking from your busy schedules to listen to me and uh, and f- for supporting my good friend Justin, Ray Harvey, and, you know, his broadcast, you know. I'm delighted to hear that it's been going well and it's become a big hit. So, I'd
2: just
1: like to thank Justin and the listeners for, you know, taking from their time to listen to an old fart like me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, Bruce, and
2: thank you, everyone, for listening. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Jessica Ray Harvey. This is Jessica Ray Harvey signing off.
0: Hi, Stephanie Ma here again with a special report from World Martial Arts Media about LegacyFightGear.com legacy fight gear is the official supplier to the world's oldest and most respected martial arts organizations they have been manufacturing high quality affordable products for over 30 years visit their new online catalog at legacyfightgear.com today school owners who want to raise money for their teams can register to get a wholesale account and become a distributor for legacyfightgear.com don't forget to like our official page at www.facebook.com slash legacy fight gear with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
2: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry
0: sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry